Hello, welcome back. It's Laura Volpentesta, your host here on New Style Voices. I'm really excited to share with you today the audio that I captured at the recent New York City event that I was the solo panelist of for Empower Her New York. We, um, I still get goosebumps just to think about it, and I'm only beginning to share this wonderful event with you. This is an unedited audio, and at the beginning of the audio, we were at the Natura um, Skincare Boutique in Nolita in downtown Manhattan, and who you hear speaking at first is Ingrid Silva, a ballerina with the Dance Theater of Harlem. She's Brazilian, and she started Empower Her New York, which is a platform that really impacted me so strongly this year. What they do is one day a week, I mean, every day of the week, a different woman takes over their Instagram story for 24 hours. And we're talking, oh my God, you know, it's incredible. Women's voices, mothers, business owners, both (laughs) creatives, uh, thought leaders, thinkers, movers, shakers, healers, coaches, finance, everything you can think of. But the great thing is during their takeovers, you really get to be with the woman for a day and get a peek into their, what makes them tick, what challenges they face, what they do professionally and, and what they what they do at home. Like it's, it's so beautiful. Okay, so when they invited me to be the speaker at this event in New York, my beloved Manhattan, New York, it was so exciting to do. And when I got there, I ended up meeting a lot of people in the audience that I had met because I watched their takeovers on the platform, Empower Her New York. And I did one of those takeovers too. It's just incredible that I w- we were all meeting each other, but we recognized each other from the takeover series. So I brought my book and I talked, I, I was going to talk just about ethical fashion, but when it opened up, I realized that I wanted to talk about all the things that make up who I am in the world, the things that are important to me as a woman. It was such a captive audience for that. So you will hear that I really get to talk about everything that that matters to me. Education, birth, creativity, learning, business, parenthood. Um, overcoming challenges, you know, what inspires me, what brings me joy, not just because it's about me, 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 but so you can see a reflection of yourself within it. Um, and then there's a Q&A. It was about 20 minutes of me talking and about 20 minutes of Q&A. Great questions, great discussion. And I'm just going to hand it over to you so you can listen. And I would love to hear your feedback here or in the comments or wherever you're quote, quote, consuming this episode. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, Very excited to share this. It was such a beautiful evening. I just, I can't stop getting waves of goosebumps just to talk to you about it. So without further ado... I'll put links below to Empower Her's Instagram and Ingrid Silva, the founder, her Instagram. And um, very excited to share. Let's go.
thank you for enjoy joining me for today's talk. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your responses, feedback, things that came up for you, which topics, you know, really got to you. Um, and just a reminder, you know, I'm Laura Volpentesta on YouTube. There are art tutorials, fashion tutorials, pep talks, and uh, music videos on there. And I'm also Laura Volpentesta on Instagram daily inspiration and that's where you can also access um, all the sales pages to my courses and free lessons on those pages as well. I also have, um, let's see, that's Instagram, what else is on Instagram? I forgot, there was something else I wanted to tell you, but I forget what it was. And Fashion Illustration Tribe, that's what I wanted to tell you, <laughs> FashionIllustrationTribe.com. For all kinds of resources, inspiration, articles, and also if you subscribe on the website, there's a whole bundle of fashion, art, and design goodies that you get with your thank you page when you subscribe. And that's how you can get on my email list so you know when things are being released, when things are coming out, etc., etc. It's a surefire way to get any pertinent information. I look forward to seeing you soon. Have a great day. Thanks for being with me. Bye. Found jobs, became real good friends, and travel worldwide to meet each other. So this is the idea of creating this platform that has been growing so much. This is one of our happy hours, which is a smaller event and more intimate, so you can talk more and don't be shy about anything, you know, just explore. And um, I would like to introduce you guys to Laura. Thank you. Hello, Laura. <laughs> Thank you, Ingrid. I'm still like, they called me? When they asked me to do takeover for the first time, I wasn't familiar with the platform then, I don't think. And any of you who are, how many of you are familiar with Empower? Like, I mean, I met a bunch of you by watching your takeovers. I recognize people in this room. I've been so deeply inspired, either by the, the art or, or a lot of times it's just the, the daily lives of the women that I've seen on there. I don't know about you guys, but every time I meet a woman, period, and I get like a taste of their story, I'm always just like, boca aberta, you know? <laughs> so impressed with our lives, all the complex parts that we bring together. Amazing, and I think maybe that's why I became a fashion designer because I love people, I love craft and culture and storytelling and history and right. We have all these things, and fashion's one way that we bring all those things together and celebrate ourselves. And over my time as an artist, I, I'm, a, I'm a dance. Not a dance. I'm not a dancer. I'm looking at you. Well, I do. I, I learned a lot of dances that I can teach. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I lost my train of I realized that I'm a celebrationary artist. You know, I know so many artists in different, but like, I really want to celebrate. I just feel like we don't get enough opportunities to celebrate life. And fashion's one way we can do that every day. And um, that, that, that's why I think Brazil is so precious to me, and that's another reason that Empower is precious to me, because if I hadn't met my Brazilian 
community, my life would be like half my life. It just like opened my heart and opened my energy. And when I'm involved in Brazilian fashion and arts and stuff, I just feel my life force is so ignited and my whole world expands. So I want to thank you because the Brazilian community has always welcomed me so warmly. And I'm just like so moved by that. Um, and that's why I can speak Portuguese because they help me. They tease each other when they speak English, but they help me speak Portuguese. I appreciate that. Um, so just talk about the things I do. You know, they said to me, Laura, what are you going to talk about? Because you do a lot of things. So my main business is like for 20 years, I taught fashion design at Parsons School Design, which is not that far away. It's just like 20 blocks up. I lived around that block over there, and I've lived on that block over here. So it's nice to be in this neighborhood. Um, New York City, I, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut, and when I moved to New York City, it was like, my eyes opened, and I didn't know. I was really more of a musician growing up, a singer. And so when I got here, I was in design school, but then there was all this music. All these miraculous things happened. I, I wound up in a Cuban charanga band and a salsa band singing backup, and I was in a gospel choir, and we sang at churches all over the world. Like, I'm just like, I'm studying with different dance teachers here. There's so much between cultures that you can do. And art seems to uh, rise above the barriers that people have, right? Like some people start to be like, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to talk to those people. I don't want to talk to when you're in the art, somehow a lot of those walls come down. You could just not even speak each other's languages and you're like coming together. And we all know that feeling of relief when we come together. I'm thinking about your project, and you know, it's like <laughs> there's so many people here involved in arts, and I'm also a mom with three kids. I've been a single mom since nineteen for fifteen years. Yeah, and my youngest is nine, and my old ones are grown up. And so that's a whole other piece um, about women's stories that amazes me is how we manage to do the things we do with so many restrictions and responsibilities. And I ended up, so many pieces. So I, I'm going to talk to you about ethical fashion. And I'm going to show you my book and tell you about my projects. But the, the most important thing I'd like to bring up is that I, I feel like I grew up in a world where I was always having authorities tell me how to do things, how to think, how to be a good girl. How to, and um, through music and art and learning arts and the few years that I spent teaching music and movement to mothers and babies, all these things come together for me. That's why I have to bring them all up. Is that we, we almost start to believe that things are outside of us coming in, but our, our, our gift comes from the inside. You know, my favorite kind of learning is the learning that's self-motivated. And if you want something and you want to do it, that's what matters. It's not like um, you can't not be able to go after something that you desire to go after. That's like the only thing I want to tell anybody is like your heart's desire is divine. That's like my greatest joy to remind people. So be like, I want to sing, but like, my mom told me I sing bad. Yes, like you can carry those, those scars your whole life, right? But you can heal them. You can always heal them. I just want to say that before we go. I want to draw. I see beautiful things and I want to draw, but I can't. But that's those are all overcomable things. And the most important thing is that thing that 
you want to do. And so my great joy, no matter what I'm doing, is to see that somebody wants to do something and they think they can, and then we get over that with whatever they need. Usually it's, it's like cheering on, it's some information, and it's re just changing your beliefs. Just changing your beliefs can be a really big deal. But that's why we have each other. That's why we don't live all alone in the world. We help each other get where we want to go. And that just means so much to me. I, incidentally, two other things I want to add into the mix is that um, I homeschooled and unschooled my kids. And that was something I never would have thought I could do because I didn't think I was qualified. And I just think that's an interesting story to share because as a woman, sometimes like you don't even get you don't even get to hang out with your kids. Like, it's like, wait a minute, actually if you want to, again, that was something I wanted to do and I thought I couldn't. And somehow I found a way and they taught me so much. Like, don't underestimate children because they teach us as, as much more than we could teach them. And I'm forty six and I'm definitely having this experience in my life now. Um, that was kicked off by the song Bola Jumea by Milton Nascimento, where he says there's a little boy who lives in my heart, there's a little child, and every time I feel shaky, this child takes my hand and reminds me of all the good things in life. So like, something to think about that I'd like you to think about is, now you're big and strong, you can stick up for that little child in you that got talked out of doing the things you wanted to do, and that little child in you who already knew everything can guide you back to the things you always wanted to do that you didn't. Like there's this, when you reach a certain age, you get to be the kid and the, and the parent at the same time of yourself. And I love being, so if, you, if you're not in your 40s yet, I just want to say it's a wonderful, wonderful time. So um, Carson School Design is like I said, it's like 20 blocks up and I came to study fashion design because I thought fashion, I realize now, I ask myself, why did they go into fashion? Because actually, I don't, I'm very uncomfortable with the word fashion. Like, I'm still like, oh, my business is fashion, but I wish I could call it something else. But the reason I was attracted to it is because in the magazines and things, women were, at least those women got to be, like, sacred. We were just talking about this. You know, we're walking around in our T-shirts and our sweatpants. But, like, there's something in us that wants to be, show our sacred whatever, right? We're all goddesses, we're all fascinating, we're all timeless, lamp, um, lineages of ancestors, you know, we want to like adorn ourselves and celebrate ourselves. So I think that's what attracted me to fashion, because in those magazines, they got to be all celebrated, but around my town, everyone was just kind of not, you know, and I just wished that everyone could could shine. And I realize that fashion comes kind of from the outside, but a lot of this comes, you don't have to have a $20,000 dress to celebrate your sacred wonder, but that's how it was presented to us, right? You can only have that if you have this, you know, Chanel gown. No, but we forget. And so then we all walk and we think we're small. And that's the other passion of mine is to remind you that you are not small. You know, that we're all one person at a time, that we can blow on the flame inside each person and, and keep expanding, right? Any belief in limits that we have, that we can overcome them. So I picked this up because I did have one very prominent Brazilian student in my classes, Fernanda Yamamoto. 
I had her for three semesters, and I thought she was Japanese for like two semesters. And the third semester, I was like, Fernanda's kind of an unusual name. And then I guess I, I, in the model drawing classes, I always played Brazilian music because it gets everyone in the flow. So we'd have a model, and we'd be drawing, and I'd bring in all my favorite music, and we'd just have a bliss fest. And she's like, oh, I'm Brazilian. And I was like, oh my god. So this is one of her designs that I put in my book. And um, interestingly, her, she just had, she's pregnant with twins right now, or she just had twins, I don't know. But her last collection was all dyed with only vegetable dyes and things. It was all natural. And when they asked me, what are you gonna talk about today? I knew that I was gonna end up talking about way too many things. But one thing I like to talk about is ethical fashion. Because fashion is that like beautiful thing with like the don't look behind the curtains, what's going on, you know, like with sweatshops and with um, the messages we're getting. Because all those sacred women in the magazines that I admired when I was growing up, you know, they, they were all kind of one kind of woman. Although actually, I have to say that's not true for the years that I was obsessed. It was very diverse. It was like the models looked like they were from everywhere. And um, you were like, I was more interested in the models than the clothes. It was like such a nice feeling. We all know that feeling of relief when people come together. Relief, like you know the vibration when you feel it. Like when, when we're not separate and we're not, um, it's a feeling of relief and we want to cultivate more and more of that in the world. I thought, wow, if I go into fashion, I can create images that influence people. I can be one of those people. I can decide who's going to be in the picture and what they look like. And because one thing I learned in when I, when I came to study fashion, we didn't study fashion right away. We studied fine art. What? We had to do a whole year of fine art. Thank God, because that ended up being the best year. I didn't know I was an artist. I had no idea I was an artist. And then I realized that's the part I love. I love making things with my hands, and I think we all do. I mean, maybe you don't draw, maybe you crochet, maybe you, but like when you get your hands on something, you feel so grounded. You feel, you like chill out, you get peaceful. Everyone should have something they can do like with their hands or something beautiful where they can like meditate into beauty, <laughs> right? And just, because uh, life, life gets crazy, life is hard, and when we can focus anything that brings us joy. Well, I can hear a pin drop in here, I'm so happy. Um, it's, it's precious because that's when we remember our peace and our bliss and our well-being, right? So um, the reason I brought this book in is to show you I have this book. It has some of my illustrations in it. A lot of designers, when they asked me, it's not like a book I wrote and brought to a publisher. In fact, um, I was a full-time faculty at the university and they asked me to write this book and I kept saying no because I was so scared. But then I lost my job before my baby was a year old. I got a new boss and he was like, get out of here. I was like, oh my God, how am I gonna survive? I have three kids. And I just kept praying for work I could do from home, praying for work I could do from home, praying for work I could do from home. And the book offer came again, I had to say yes. I was like, oh my God. So I typed this while nursing a baby at a laptop like this <laughs> over six months. And I'm very proud of it because it kind of helped me start my business, which is an online fashion school called Fashion Illustration Tribe, where I just, I couldn't believe after 17 years that I lost my job 
kind of because I had a baby at a school where our students are like 99.5% female. It's just like, like my voice should be should matter here. Like I'm in my I'm getting into like my prime. I have so much wisdom to share with these young women, and my voice, aside from my skills, which are better than ever, but my my voice as a woman in the world is stronger than ever. And I, I lost all those students. It was like that really sucked. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know what? This whole school thing, I'm not really into it anyway because. People go to school and they, they invest all that money and they and then they're like, okay, tell me what to do. And it's like, I want to tell you what to do. You know what you want to do. I'm here to give you skills and guide you, give you formats and like help you see in a new way and create things. Get, but but not you have to do it my way so I can grade you so that we can get you a piece of paper or blah blah blah. Um, Everyone, everyone has such a unique voice. I've seen, I work with so many students that, and they're all focused on like getting what they don't have. But it's always like, but, but you have so much. Like, it's good to be aware of the skills you still need to get, no matter what your dream is. But you have, we always think we don't have anything. You have so much, you have all your references, all your history, all of your inclinations, all of your influences from where you grew up and the people around you and what you know you love. Who am I to come in and like structure your whole four years or something and take all your money? It's like, just, I just like to bring people's um, magic out of them. Um, and the other thing, I know it's, it's a fashion school that I teach at, but the other thing that I wanted to mention was that uh, I trained to be a birth doula. I actually did one of the trainings was near here because I had three births that were all different. One was a home birth, one was a, well the first one was on 14th Street at a birthing center that's not there anymore. And it was a really incredible experience because they didn't interfere with my birth. And I think it's another part of like a woman's knowing and the way women can help each other. Like when I went in there, you don't know what's gonna happen at your birth. And we all have like lots of birth stories to heal. I have some. But this first one was very kind because I went in there and all these women were in the room. All these like doulas and midwives because we were in New York. I didn't hire them. They were just all there. And I thought I'd be shy, but I was not. Because they all looked at me like they're looking at me now. <laughs> and I realized that that was my pain medication. Like they all looked at me like, yeah, we've seen like they just looked in my eyes and I'm just like, they're not scared. I'm like gasping and panting and moaning and they're just looking at me like, mm-hmm. And we're just gonna wait until that baby comes. And I just felt like, wow, that was such a powerful experience. I thought I was so good at it. I was like, when I had my next baby, I was like, yeah, I'll just go to the local hospital because I, I can do this thing. And they would not let me have my baby, you know? They kept over here, go over there, rant, rant, rant. Two days after the baby was born, they're like, oh, we broke his collarbone because he got stuffed and da, da, da. And I was like, you didn't tell me what was going on during my birth. Like, I have that expectation now. I think a woman in her birth should know what's going on, yeah? And, um, oh, are we at the, oh, no, no, no. I was really uh, shocked that that could even happen. And so that's something that over the long of my life, I keep 
it's very important to me that women get all the best support they can when they're in a birth because if there's one time in your whole life that you deserve like all of the support in the world is your birth. That's not what people should be like, hey, go over here, get over here, and like, hurry up. <laughs> you kidding, right? So I think we have a long way to go. I heard a quote once that said that you can measure any culture by their birth culture. And I know that in the US, we've got a really, really long way to go. So that's something I think I'm going to be very vocal about over the course of my life. So my last baby, I was like, I'm having this baby at home. And it was quick, and, and that was a interesting experience as well. Good. But um, the main thing is expressing yourself. So becoming an entrepreneur was like, what am I doing? I never learned to negotiate for myself. I was just like a faculty. So it was like, okay, hiding in the universities, teaching my students. When I teach, I know, I think we all have things we know we're born to do because when you do them, you're, it's like you're not even there. Like the energy, like you're talking and it's just coming through. Your our desire to help people is so extremely overwhelming, right? When you're helping people, you just like we were just talking about this back there. It's it's like a tidal wave coming through you, and we all have that. And that's that's when you know that's what you're supposed to be doing, right? Mm. And they took that away from me. I was like, oh my god. I would teach all day. When it was over, I couldn't even remember my name. I'd get on the subway and go in the wrong direction. But while I was teaching, I'd be like, it felt so good to be like, I got this from my teachers, and now I can give it to you and nurture and nourish you. And it's like an endless cycle, right? People nourish you, you nourish people, and it's, it's beautiful. So I love to see people get into that zone. One interesting thing I learned when I started learning art was it, the way you see can literally change. When you get information, you literally, your perceptions change. And that's just art, right? Oh, light and dark and color. Oh, now I understand new things. But your whole life is like that. Like, the way you see anything can change. And even though I learned that in my 20s, it's taken me 20 more years to really think, wait, how do I want the world to look? And so when I teach, I teach skills. Oh, here's how we draw. Here's how we draw bodies. Here's how we draw fabrics. Here's how you can create this. Here's how you can use watercolor. But the, that's, that's the little stuff. The main message when you're learning something is who you're learning you are. I just think whenever you're in an institution learning, elementary school, college, whatever, you're not just learning, everyone thinks you're learning science, you're learning fashion design. You're actually, the big message is who you are. And you don't even know that they're telling you, they're giving you a certain place. And I just think it's really important to always remember, who are you learning you are? Who do you think you are? Because I learned all the skills, and I went out in the world with no power, no personal power whatsoever. I didn't get any of that. So becoming an entrepreneur, it's like, I have to claim my place and claim my price and put my name out there. And it was like a big deal to take that step. And it's been actually been five to six years. And let me tell you, it's such a learning process. But I realized having your own business becomes like a, 
it's like almost like a, a, a spiritual journey because the work you're doing is you. I'm so thankful for that gift because when I was in school, I was very much like in a structured place. They kind of told me what to do and I didn't have to stand in my power. And so now I just think it's great when we help each other step into our powers. And to wrap up, I just have to say that my happiest, happiest, happiest place in the world is dancing. <laughs> so some night we have to have like a reunion where we all go out dancing, would you say? So that's it. I, and I've been doing fashion illustrations on my Instagram. I hope you'll follow um, Laura Bolton Pasta if you like art. But um, just a few months ago, I started creating like a deck of inspirational cards that I hope to release this year. I've designed all the cards, but I'm still working on the text and then getting them printed up. And that was something that was born three months ago. So you never know when you turn a corner and you get like a brand new inspiration into your life. Um, be open to that, you know? Going to new places, meeting new people, you get inspiration. So thank you. <laughs> Did that make any sense? <laughs> my dress. I made my dress. <laughs> I was lucky that I got to teach sewing and illustration. So usually you get to teach one or the other, a t pattern making and sewing and draping and drawing. I love that. There's so many ways we can do things. I have a question. Yeah. Because I'm so curious about the Portuguese. Like how do you learn Portuguese and how you end up speaking so well? Thank you for asking. I was telling a percussionist this recently. Like I went... At the very end, I said, and I was married to a Brazilian. He's like, I should have said that in the first place. But like, I lived in Paris for one year, um, and so I learned French. And really, the grammar's the same, the pronunciation's the same. When I met the Brazilians in my hometown, I was like, I know what they're saying. And because I'm a singer, which I didn't talk about at all, and I just only yeah, sing Brazilian music. You perform sometimes, right? Yes, I'm obsessed. I performed two days ago. Yes. I love Forra de Serra, Bossa Nova, MPB, I love everything. Such beautiful music. And so I was translating lyrics all the time. And the cool thing is, with music, you memorize, right? So you have like a whole sentence you'll never forget. And you can just switch out the verbs. Like the grammar is already there. It's like a template. And so it was all like, I was speaking poetry all the time. <laughs> it's all like Caetano de Loso. Like, I just changed the nouns. <laughs> so that helped a lot. And I think maybe when you're in music, I don't know if that helps with language. My mom was an opera singer, so she would learn. She didn't speak other languages, but she sang in French and German and Spanish. And also I was born in Mexico because my father went to medical school in Mexico because he couldn't afford to go to school here. And so I always carried that story in my head, like, wow, they, he went to school in Spanish and he didn't speak Spanish. So that was like a value to me. Like, I want to have that experience too. But languages are real keys to open worlds. I'm so grateful. And all of you Brazilians helped me so much because if not, I would not be speaking. I also have a question. How do you feel now in the fashion industry as an entrepreneur with 
how social media affects in every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I meant to talk about body positivity, diversity, inclusion. I meant to talk about all that. There's just so much that I love to talk about, as you can tell. Um, and I didn't talk about any of that, but I'm so excited because I don't buy magazines. I haven't bought a magazine since I had my first baby. Like, I can't, I can't connect. But when I go on Instagram, I get to follow everyone I want to. And I don't follow who I don't want to. There's so many niches. There are people creating beautiful content around various storylines. Not just visual content, but also, you know, ideas. Like, empower her, you know? It's like... I don't even know how I find who I find. Like, you'll watch one person's thing and they'll mention something. You're like, oh, I gotta check that out. And then you check that out, you're like, oh. Like, you know, remember Karimi? I love Karimi. Or like, um, there's just so many. So I, I literally get to build my own magazine. Not only the visuals, the body types, the ethnicities, the, the stories, but thoughts too, the articles I read. Who do I know? You know, who's doing what? Um, What's going on? And if, if it's negative and I don't like it, I just, people tell me, oh, Facebook, it's terrible. I'm like, I don't see anything I don't want to see on Facebook. <laughs> Sorry I live in a bubble, but there's so much positive stuff. And so you can niche and niche and niche, and one connection leads to the next. And you get to talk to these people, too. Hi, I had a question. And they answer you. They're like, oh. <laughs> thank you. But these, these are real relationships. The, my most exciting one was Periscope. I don't know if anyone was on Periscope at one time. Like, I don't use it anymore, but that was the first live streaming platform. The people I met on Periscope are still, like, they're all over the world, and then we feel like friends. It's just amazing, because I'm shy. I'm so shy. I will not approach someone at a party and just start talking to them. I'm so afraid they'll, like, reject me. Next thing you know, you're on a live stream. Up close and personal, they're in their bathroom, like washing their face, talking to you up close and personal from the heart, natural. You're like, I just got to know someone I never would have met, talking about things they never would have talked to me about. I just think that's that's so beautiful. I mean, you can talk all day complaining about social media and how horrible everything is, but then you're denying the good things that we have access to. And I guess YouTube isn't social media, right? It's, it's a search engine. I don't know. But YouTube, I get educated on there about thought, about well-being. If I'm feeling low, I just get that Eckhart Tolle going or Karimi or somebody, and I'm like, I'm good. Because you can change your vibration so quickly by changing what you're thinking about. And when you're feeling bad, you're feeling bad because you're in a bad place. And you can... Get yourself in a good place. That's my thought. But visually as well, artists and icons, it's incredible. Do you guys have any questions? Yes. As a teacher, I'm a teacher too, so uh, can you share one of like the most inspirational moments that you had as a teacher? Something that you can visualize? (laughs) Well, this might be... (laughs) I, I wasn't sure what to say, and then I heard the baby, and I'm like, okay, that's a sign. When we work with the babies, um, 
We think that, you know, you're supposed to take the kid and tell them how to clap their hand at the right time, and then they're like, oh, I'm doing it wrong, right? But learning doesn't happen the way we were taught that learning happened in school. So you might have like this song with the feet and the moms are dancing, and maybe some of the kids are dancing, and some kids doing nothing. And everyone's like, oh God, Peter is not paying attention. Peter's fine. Five minutes later, Peter's over here, and he's like moving to the beat that he heard five minutes ago. And you're like, you know, it's not like we want the instant result. Like, you need to please me, show me that you can do. I love that secret surprise where you're just like, mm-hmm, look. And for me, it's that when people are in fear, they're not going to, they can't perform. But when you're in a, a, a safe place, that's my favorite thing about teaching, is creating a safe place, because that's where people just fall out of themselves. It's like you can sing in the shower, and you can't sing in a club, because you feel really good in the shower. And we gotta get you to that supported, safe place where you can flow. We all flow in a vibration of love, but not in fear. So I think with the kids, I think that's, when I heard him, I was like, I'm gonna share that. I like when you think it's not happening, it's always happening. We're not lazy, uncurious, unmotivated creatures. None of us. We are all like voracious learners. You don't have to put people in special schools. They, they look around and they absorb. It's our nature as humans. We're not lazy. We're lazy. We feel like we're lazy when we're not doing something because we're not motivated to do it. But we all have motivations. That's what I think. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Does anyone else have any other questions? I appreciate your attention so much. I never thought it would be so quiet in here. Thank you. I have a question. So, um, looking from an outside um, point of view, towards like fashion and people who works with fashion, how do you feel like you can connect with people that does the same work as you? Because in dance, sometimes when you connect with people, it feels like they know so much and it's so hard for you to talk to them. How do you do that in your world? Like how do you connect with people that do the same job as you and how do you get to learn from them as well or share without feeling a little disconnect? Because you might feel intimidated oh. by what they do as well. You're probably asking the wrong person because I'm the queen of putting people on pedestals. Like, I'm in the same room with Ingrid and she oh wants Lord. this down. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I've, always, I've always had this problem. I think I see people in all their glory and then I become very small. Like, I was telling Fernanda, like, I met her a million times. I mean, saw her a million times, but I never said hi because I was so, like, wow. When you see what people do, you start to feel like, I'm just not that person who connects easily with people I admire, and I admire everybody, so I'm pretty much sitting in the corner like, uh, so I don't know if I have a good answer for that, but I do find with social media, it's easier because you so could- So then how do you do that? So you could write, I mean, I, I find Instagram to be beautiful that way because you can literally direct message someone, they cannot answer if they don't want. And again, like we said before, people are actually naturally wired to help. I, I answer questions all the time. I'll be like, why am I doing that? I'm like, oh, but that felt really good. You know, if I couldn't, 
I wouldn't, but people do like to help. And I feel like when you, at least when you're typing, you know they'll get it when they get it. And if they can, they'll answer you. And if they can't, you won't. Because if, if I go see an artist perform and, you know, like I'm a blue note, you have to go meet Emilio Santiago after the show. It's like, I'm not gonna bother him. He's done his thing, he wants to go home. But, you know, everyone's like, oh, let's go get a signature. But I kind of feel like I want to respect their space. That's just my temperament. Um, but I, I don't think that's a good thing. I wish I had always been more forward. And I think because of my schooling and the way I was raised in church and stuff is why I'm not forward. I was always kind of taught to, like, be last in line, be quiet, be a good girl. And, you know, 30 years later, I'm like, i got to speak up. I'm still working on that. Thanks for giving me a platform. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, how do you also call, like, how do you share, because you said you, you had the kids homeschool, and then you have to teach them, but you also had to work mm -hmm. and do all of your dreams and also speak up. How do you co-op with all of that? How do you find what's in you for that? Well, a few things. One is in Connecticut, we don't have a lot of restrictions. So for homeschooling, I was a little bit to the side of unschooling because, again, the subjects are not as important as who you think you are. I'm like, let these kids know themselves. For me, the most important thing we could do was wake up and have a morning together, a slow morning. Pancakes and talking, you know, just being. I'd never experienced that. I thought that seemed like a really good idea. Um, I was really fortunate at one point where I got this part-time, full-time faculty job that was really just two days a week. So I was like, two days a week, teaching all day in the city, and five days a week, stay-at-home single mom. Like, I, that was very much a blessing. And so I thought I had it all figured out, and then when I had the little one, I lost the job, and now the past five, nine years has been like, from one week to the next, and I was like, where is the money coming from? But I'm here, I just keep noticing I'm here. And every now and then when you're freaked out about next week and next month, or you just kind of notice how supported you are right in this moment. You forget that. <laughs> She's my meditation guru. <laughs> yeah. Notice how supported you are, but um, it's scary a lot of the time because of how I'm figuring out how I'm gonna do all this. I do live near my mother, so she helped a lot. Um, and I had a lot of jobs that I could do with kids. So the one where I was teaching mommy and me music and movement, I was able to bring my kids. I have another job now at one of the schools where I can bring my kids. So I guess when you decide what your values are, things line up. Not perfectly, not super easily, but then again, I notice I'm supported, you know. There's another job. I'm allowed to bring my daughter with me. And I do think it's cool that parent, kids get to see their parents do what they do. It's not like a big mystery, like, daddy goes somewhere and I don't know what happens. Like, let kids learn from the people around them. I always think it's a little sad, like the kids are locked up over here, the old people are locked up over there, and the parents are locked up here. We're all like separated. I always try to think, what if everyone was around? <laughs> what if we were all learning from our neighbors and our community all the time? I, I like to visualize about that.
I mean, you, it's all a fantasy. I, I'm sorry to, I, I'm a little confused. You don't think that we are learning from our uh, jobs and neighbors and communities all around all the time? Yes, that's a great, yes, we are. But I remember was often with our parents, how often it's a mystery. Uh, but I don't think we learn everything from our parents. No. And it's necessary to be a part Mm -hmm. And it's necessary to understand that they need to focus on what they do to maintain, create, support the family. Mm -hmm. And the kids also need to have their time apart so they can understand that they can grow away from their parents also. It's yes. necessary. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Everything in balance. So like for me, I was so smooshed by the way things were, you know. I think there's always this pendulum thing. So now I'm over here, but you know my kids are still gonna be going this way. Definitely, neither extreme would be ideal. Cause I definitely, watching how my adult life rolled out, I was like, how could I have been so unprepared by my upbringing? So now I'm over here, but it's really gotta be something in the middle. I'm reacting, you know? But I also believe we all have a higher force in our lives that's going to be guiding us along. But yes, our communities, our schools, our everything, everything. The thing is, you can't, you can't screw it up. I mean, you can't. Some people, school is like the worst thing that ever happened to them. Some people, homeschooling will be the worst thing that ever happened to them. And everything in between, like, Life is life, you know? There's so many ways things can play out, right? Like the thing that's the ideal thing is gonna be really bad for someone, it's gonna be good for someone else, it's gonna be so-so for us, but... So I just like to, I like to question things because I took so much authority for so long, you know, that now I like to be like, what if there was another way? But I do not believe there's one way. That, that would bring me right back to where I started from, like, there's only one way, Laura. No. Everyone's got their voices and their fingerprints. But I'm really glad that you brought in the voice of the other end. Because I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening as well. Thank you. Thank you.